Good afternoon, welcome to episode 80 of the Magicast podcast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. Um, we are recording almost an hour after Sassuolo 2, Roma 2. Uh, another disappointing result for AS Roma in the latter half of the 2020-2021 Serie A season. Uh, joining me this week is Samuel Rubio. How are you, Sam? Hey, Scott, how are you? Look at us recording every 11 days, huh? <laughs> I wish you were under uh, better circumstances, but uh, yeah, like you said, disappointing tie today. Huh? We lost. We keep uh, dropping points. Uh, not looking good. We dropped, uh, uh, was it eight out of the last nine? Not good. Not good. Yeah. Uh, so it's one draw and two defeats in the last three in the last three Serie A games. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, it, it was going to happen, and it's happened at the worst time of the season for us. Uh, our next uh, guest is uh, the Doctor, Imran. How are we? Uh, thank you. I guess we're okay, given the circumstance. Could have been better, but yeah. Yeah, I think we were WhatsApping before earlier, Um the word disappointing crept up a few times, didn't it? It was an opportunity yeah. to, you know, to try to get some traction back after the break and show that, you know, you're coming out, coming out after the break, wanting to win, like without hunger. We didn't see that at all today, right? I feel like we no. were even lucky to be ahead twice in the game, but, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Yeah, um... For me, it felt like two points dropped because you're you're in you take the lead twice and then peg back twice with two goals for horrible defending from Spinazzola but and from Brian Cristante. Um, Imran, I'll come to you first. How did you see the first half? Because we could have been three 0 down after fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, like you like you say, we could have been. We could have been done by more goals, but instead we took the lead by after the solo effort from um, Perez, which won us the penalty. It was quite. It was, it was against the play, against the run of the play. It was unexpected, but kind of. It, it was exactly what we needed, but it was totally against the play. And like you said, we we were very poor. And uh, first 15, 25 minutes. I think Sassuolo had the possession of maybe 75%. Mm. And uh, that tells a lot. We were not able to, not able to, you know, build any attacking play. It was, uh, we tried to play long balls from the defense, uh, but we didn't get it further than the defenders or the midfielders. They picked it up every time. So it was, it was, that's, what I have to say about the first 15, I mean, the first half, it was, despite taking the lead, it was quite poor. Yeah, it's just um, the first like 10 to 15 minutes pretty much told the story of like Rome's last couple of weeks. They were just penned in and boxed in with so much pressure that they couldn't get out. And like Paul Lopez had to make a really good save from uh, Felipe Juricic. And then uh, Jeremy Boga made a run across Rick Karsdorp, I think it was. And then I think there was another chance which had to be deflected wide. And then 
I was I was thinking, oh my god, not again. We can't be going to Sassuolo and being three 0 down after twenty five minutes like last season. It was just just not the greatest of starts. Sam, how did you see the first half? Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Like flat, you know. You think coming after the break, like I was saying earlier, you're gonna come show some hunger, right? Show me you want it. Uh, you know, the um, you give credit to Sassuolo. They apply a mm. lot of pressure up front, and Roma Roma can handle that, you know. And I, I think things have already figured out. You apply a lot of pressure, Roma get them on the counter on transition. That's how you hurt them the most, right? I think that's. I think we we can agree that all the coaches have already figure that one out. Uh, but yes, for me, it's like the other team can be better than you, but don't come out flat, you know? And that's what we've been seeing with this Roma. Uh, but we've, we've also seen the other side. I don't know if you remember a few months ago, the Verona match, when we like we rolled through them. You know, where is that Roma? It's the same players. That's the same. We go back to always the same mental problem, right? Yeah. Do you think that the... <laughs> The the amount of games we played this season, pretty much with the same setup, is taking its toll on the players. What do you mean, like Fonseca's uh, with the three back line and him not yeah, being able the, to adapt yeah. to other? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that three back line it's very good for, for Fonseca's style of football, right? But that that also has its weaknesses. And one of the mm. weaknesses is. What I was just saying, that transitional, and when we lose the ball or when the other teams get us and counterattack and, and transition with a lot of space, like that's when we hurt the most. And 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 I think the three men defense that's what that's one of his weaknesses, you know. And and but also I don't know do we have the players to play in the in, with four defenses? Remember Spinatola as a left back, a little bit more behind, wasn't as good as he is right now. So I mean. Give and take. It's not as easy for Fonseca. I, I, you know, it's tough. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, I was going to say, do you, uh, the amount of games that Roma played this season, do you think it's taken its toll on the players? Like, going deep in the Europa League and the three games that some of the players played last week during the international break could yeah, be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think so. Remember, Roma is the only team playing European football, whatever kind of European football. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's really strange to hear Roma is still in Europe and the only Italian team left in Europe this season. But we're also um, struggling so much on, in the league. Yeah. Um, Imran, uh, looking at the stats, did you expect Sassu- uh, to, sorry, Roma to be winning 1-0 with 31% possession? No, I wasn't. It was, it was, it was not typical Roma because we know Roma that uh, I mean that El Sharawi miss one on one. That's the Roma we know. <laughs> that's the Roma we know, and that's exactly what we got. But it, it was that's uh, Carlos Perez. He's uh, he can uh, when he decides and when he gets uh, when he gets it going, he can create really good chances, and um, that's what he did. I don't think um, otherwise. The problem is that we were so we were so reliant on that individual effort. I mean. Besides that, we didn't create anything. We were not able to create. We didn't have any attacking play. We didn't have any established attacking play. And that's worrying because we, we've been seeing it for for many games uh, that we struggle to, to... to We struggle in attack, I mean, simply put. And uh, we don't have any solution to that problem. We, we, and 
what amuses me is that Fonseca, he straight after the game, he said that he still believes in the fourth place. Uh, for me, I mean, if you have to believe in the fourth place, it has to be based on something. I don't know what he's... Um, you can have optimism and everything, but to say that you believe in fourth place, I think it's uh, it's unfair on the fans and the players because you need to produce much better. You need to prepare much better to be able to 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 be able to say that. There's nothing for me. Nothing suggests that we will make top four. Nothing. No, I agree. Do you think he's um, setting his expectations a little bit too high in the last six weeks of the season? Yeah, I mean, he's not being realistic because, and it's not always easy to be realistic with the media because you need to you need to be careful with what you say and the messages you send out. But I think some something somewhere, somewhere along the lines that if we continue this way, we will not make up for because performances like today and the goals we can see today, you know, they don't belong in the top four. And uh, instead, he he kind of. He kind of said that you know, the performance was good and that was, uh, yeah, individual errors. But I think it was more than that. Yeah, I, I, I too do agree. Um, I do think Roma do struggle against Deserby ball, as I like to call it, because um, at times they struggle to get the ball off them and they were just get getting camped in so deep. Um, I don't know if you guys heard it on the commentary. I don't know if you had the same. Uh, did you guys have Patrick Kendrick on, on commentary? He was saying that um, you could hear Deserby saying to squeeze them in, pen them in. And it was just, it was sometimes it was just crazy to watch. Um, Sam, what did you think of the defending for Sassuolo's equaliser? It's the same defending, the same mistakes that have been happening all season. Like, we've seen this before, right? Now, you know, Ingram brings an interesting point about our mm. attack, right? Because for the first 25 minutes until that isolated play by Carlos Perez, where he actually decided to, to move forward and, 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 and go against defenders, um, we sh- we've had shown nothing offensively. Mm. And that is worrying. I agree with him. And now, earlier in the season... With whatever defensive struggles we had, we had the ability to score goals. Now you mix a defensive mistake with the inability to score goals, and that's what you see. That's what you get, right? Um, yeah, I mean, and I think what Fonseca said that he still believes in four. I think just to keep his players more motivated. I mean, he's literally running out of options and things to say because, I mean... It's tough at the end of the season. I'm still skeptical about the Europa League. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but yeah, I mean, do I believe in fourth place? I think my predictions from the beginning of the season were fifth place. I think I want to stick with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bold bold claim. It's the same the same position that Roma finished in last season, which was uh, seven points behind Lazio. Even Lazio had a bit of a collapse at the end of the season. Roma won seven out of the last eight games. So yeah, it's. It's going to be a long nine nine weeks to the end of the season. Um, do you think the main objective now is the Europa League? With what you said, Sam. <laughs> even though you said, even though you say you said you're skeptical uh, about I it. Mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Europa League. I don't know. Let's take it match by match. Um, yeah. You know, let's see how we do in Amsterdam, and then we'll talk after Thursday here <laughs> in this channel. I know. Me, I know. I just, me personally, I, saw, I would. 
Sorry, Carl, go on. No, no, it's because I saw some people on, on Twitter after the game just saying, throw your eggs all in the basket for the Europa League because <laughs> fourth place is completely out of reach now because Atalanta seemed to be scoring goals for fun and winning games for fun and playing the football that they played last year. And Napoli have literally hit form at the right time. Correct. And Yeah, and it's just, you see fans just going... Let's throw all our eggs in in the in the Euro, Europa League basket because what's there to lose then? But Trust me, I knows? want to. I wish I could, but I don't know if my 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 mind lets me. <laughs> I, me personally, I will I will rest first for the Bologna game. And I mean, we play Ajax and then Bologna and then Ajax again. I would I would definitely rest first for the Bologna game because um, I would rather have it fit and rested for the second leg. Yeah. Of course, depending on the first leg. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we don't lose three zero, then of course we're out of both competitions. <laughs> but uh, I think if we get a respectable result, a result that we might be able to turn around, I think definitely yeah. we should rest players against Bologna. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, even, I can see that. Even losing by one, you know, if if we get to score one goal away, you know, I'll be okay with that. You know. If, I mean, if we come out with the title, even better, I mean, of course. But, I mean, losing by one, it's scoring an away goal, I think that that's, I, that I wouldn't consider it too terrible, you know? I think well, scoring... I don't, know, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I would rest players for the Bologna game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I mean, at I this would. point of the season, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, but Europa League and then after what? After that, we have what? Semis and then the final. I don't know. I think I feel like it's a long way, man. It's a long way to go. It is. It is. But you have to, I think, when it comes to preparing for uh, for the Ajax games, you have to close down the calendar to just these seven, eight days. All those uh, five matches, right? But they just seem like a long way, man. Yeah, it is. But I think like a long know, road. You have to take, yeah, but I think preparing for the Ajax game, you have to just focus on these eight days because whatever happens in the space of these eight days can basically, I mean, more or less decide decide your season. Can be very decisive for your season. So I would, I would, um, I would prepare in a way where we focus on these two games because that's the situation we put ourselves in. Yeah, I I, I do agree. Um, so you probably put a strongest side out against Ajax and then would you rotate heavily for Bologna or just like five or six players? I mean, in defence, it's difficult to rotate. We saw it today I mean. How mm. shaky the defense was uh, playing. I mean, two of the three are natural defenders. I mean, uh, central defenders. And we saw how how that sh- um, that affected the 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 whole team dynamics, especially in defense. We were out of balance. We were out of position. We were easy. We were easily counterattacked. So we need to have a balance. But I would say. Oh, let's say I would give Carlos Perez another shot. I don't think yeah. he will start. I think, I think he did, uh, Fonseca did rotate a bit today because he gave, he gave some players out, but he didn't have so much choice. But for the Ajax game, uh, I, I cannot see Carlos Perez playing, even though he 
he had that good solo effort, you know, individual effort, which led to the penalty. Apart from that, he, he looked lively, but he didn't, you know, he didn't create much. He didn't do much. It was, you know, like I say, it was, it was all spark, you know, but there was no fire. I see that in Carlos Perez. I don't think his Roma career has um, exceeded expectations that we, us Roma fans, probably thought when he came onto the scene. What last February? He, he has he's flattered to deceive. I don't know if you feel the same way, Imran. Uh, sorry, what did you say? He's Do you, uh, flattered to deceive. So he's yeah, he because you know he can have he had that goal against. Benevento which was really good he mm. had some good but there's no consistency and he has some really good individual performances uh, which are you know which makes you start believing in him that there's something there but potentially so raw and I don't know why he I mean of course he I think the key, the major key to why he has not been able to claim the position to play, play regularly because lack of consistency and um that's that's his biggest issue. Yeah, agreed. Um, I do like when Mik- when you Mikatarian is your best attacking outlet. He's owned that shirt this season, and Carlos Perez has struggled to get into the team. It's it's a it's a massive factor. Um, Sam, what was your thoughts when Bruno Perez scored, and you were just thinking we could see this game out? Mm. I was still skeptical. No man, yeah, the worst. I know, but uh, I was like, "Oof!" Because it happened. It didn't happen towards the end. We still had like a few minutes to go. What? I mean, what? What minute did it happen? Uh, sixty-eight. I yeah, think okay. it was. 60, we had yeah, like a little bit of twenty yeah. minutes. Uh, and yeah. I, I was hoping this team could see it through, but I mean, those defensive mistakes has shown shown us all season and throughout a Roma Roma career, right? That we can never be comfortable mm. with, with the result. Um, I was hoping for the win, man. I, it was, this is very disappointing. Um, I would also like to blame a little bit Pellegrini on that last goal. And I know he wasn't uh, involved at the, at the end of the play, but at the beginning of the play, even 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 though he walked a little bit, he was caught, he was caught out of in no man's land when, when the, the Sassuolo midfielder uh, received the ball and turned and, and, and changed pace, right? So, I mm. mean, it was, you know... Defensive mistakes don't only happen at the end of the play. They happen at the beginning of the play, too. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, disappointing. Disappointing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's going to be, like you said, I think it, to make it short, it's going to be a long end of the season. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll, yeah. let's, get, let's get excited for, for Thursday. How about that? For once, we're playing in the quarterfinals in Europa League. You know? Let's, I, I should be thinking about that. I should be keeping it positive. It's just hard for me. Hard for me after after an hour after recording. It still, yeah. still sits. Well, still it, sits. It does. It does. I don't know if you thought about it, but what 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 really struck me was also that the lack of cohesion between the different departments. You look at the, the defense. You look at the defense and the midfield, and they're playing very tight because the. I mean, Diavara, he's like a holding midfielder, a deep-lying mm. midfielder. Gonzalo Villar is the same. So when both of them play, they play very deep. That's fine. And then you have, then you have one more midfielder, which has been Pellegrini, Veretout. Okay. Uh, the classic, the Veretout is the classical, you know, uh, box-to-box, uh, 
winning. He works good both in attack and in defense. Pellegrini, he's more like a typical central midfielder. But the gap between the midfield and attack, I mean, it's it's so empty there. We're not able to, it's like a big hole there, big empty area. We're not able to produce anything. We're not, we're not able to produce more uh, more than two or three passes. Uh, and it's, it's shocking because I think I think every game, and that's why we lose the big game, because we have essentially no midfield, no central midfield. It's it's always been overrun, and we have we have never been able to neutralize or take control of that department. And and it's a bit disappointing because when Fonseca came, he came with the philosophy of four two three one. He mm. only changed to this three man defense because that wasn't working defensively. It wasn't working at all because we were conceding. To Ridiculous, silly goals, and uh, he changed a bit. And with this formation, we've got we got defensive. Defensive, we've got a bit, a bit of uh, we got better. We we've, we've got some security. We were playing a bit better, but then I think we sacrificed a bit in attack. And what happened? I mean, we won seven out of eight games, like you mentioned, Scott, at the end of, at the end of the last season. But I think most of them were mostly due to individual brilliance. Because we had yeah. some players that were, you know, the quality-wise, we were better than the opponent, so we were able to win the game. It was entirely down to quality. But if you look at if you look at performances and how you are, uh, you can take um, the performances uh, under Spalletti. We created chances. We had. We we always knew. Okay, we uh, when Spalletti's football was played, you know, I could always understand. Okay, I know what they're trying to do. I know what the plan is. I know they're trying to do this or trying to do that. I, I always, I could understand the, the tactics, the formation, what was, you know, trying to be done. But now it's it's like you just send out the players and you just hope for the best. Yeah. It's like an individual moment of brilliance. It's like the, I don't know if you both would agree with me, like watching Roma in the past month or so in Serie A is like watching the last probably six months of Rudy Garcia's tenure? Would you both yeah, agree? definitely. Yeah, I would definitely agree to that. Because we knew where that was going. We knew it wasn't working. But it was, we had good players. We had a really good team. So we were able to at least win games. Uh, but now, the team is not as good. We ha- And the players who were performing, Veretu, Mkhitaryan, they've been injured. So it's obviously affecting them. This is our longest. That's a good comparison. Uh, this is our longest. Uh, are we on like a mini crisis? Um, because this is oh. our longest lo- drop drop of um, living points on the table. Because of the, previously we lost uh, two matches against Lazio and Especia earlier in earlier in 2021, and then but we we came back uh, with two wins, right, against Especia and the one that I referred earlier against Verona with instant yeah. win. Um, so, and today we we didn't do that against Asuolo. So uh, uh, we, Roma didn't it like like every year, you know, when they have like really bad four, five, six weeks of really poor results. We hadn't seen that this year, right? Surprisingly, and that's what kept us. I believe that's one of the reasons that kept us up at the table because regardless of now winning against the big size, we were winning the other points. But now, if you mix it, like the lack of scoring, not winning the other points, and then we start to enter the mini crisis. I don't know. I think that's that's one of the reasons. If you look at the league tables now, have you seen who is above us? 
Yeah, we're, are we gonna end? Yeah. Like, I don't know. My my um my ES. I'm, I watch it on ESPN Plus. I'm in the states, right? Uh, the guy, the guys. One of the guys said uh, Roma is gonna be. It's looking to be one of the wars of the Seven Sisters, meaning Phoenix oh, wow. Seven, right? Um, so yeah. that was not nice by the guy, but you know, it's looking like it could happen. Yeah, yeah. it's. And we also play Lazio in the last three games of the season, and one of sorry, the last three fixtures of the season. Um, so, guys, should we fast forward to Thursday? Yeah, let's get excited about Thursday, man. Let's change the topic. Bye, Sassuolo. Ciao, <laughs> yeah. Sassuolo. We don't want to play you until next season. <laughs> Listen, Ajax um, are a very good side, and. The last time they played, they beat Adio Den Haag 5-1. And they're playing Heronvane tomorrow in the, in the Eredivisie after the international break. Imran, I'll come to you first. What's your thoughts on the game? I think it's still like uh, like last time we discussed. 50-50. Mm. Um, Ajax have the advantage that they can rest players ahead of the to fixture because they eventually won the league. It gives them a better position and it gives them an edge when it comes to that. Quality-wise, uh, I don't think they have as much experience as we do. Uh, make <laughs> make of that whatever you want because I haven't seen so many benefits of that in Serie A. But I think in the European competition that experience can be important and I can have it but they have they have young good players so I think it will be exciting and I would uh, I'm still on between who's going to win so I'm still giving it a 50-50 I'm just looking at the Dutch Eredivisie league table they are uh, 11 points clear and if they win their game tomorrow against Harrowbane they go 14 points clear of PSV in second place and Azad Alkmaar are in third place with 55 points. So Ajax have got 66 from 26. PSV have got uh, 55 from 27. So have Azad Alkmaar in third and Vitesse Arnhem in fourth. So as Imran said, they are walking the league in, in Holland and they've got um, goals for of 83 and goals against 19. So they have a goal difference of 64. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh, my um, God. Check this out. So I'm looking at... I, I don't know that much about the Eredivisie, right? So I'm checking at I'm checking at Ajax's record. They haven't lost since, Dece- since December 12th. No, December yeah, 9th. Atalanta. Against Atalanta. Atalanta, Atalanta yeah. Since yeah, then, yeah, yeah. they won 16 times and tied three times. I mean, so, all I see is W's yeah. in here. On, on this, I check all my stats on fbref.com. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. I mean, I know it's the area of the beast, but it's got. <laughs> I don't look at that. I mean, that fifty-fifty idea that I that I gave <laughs> in the last op- on the last episode is not looking. I mean, not looking like it, it could. Uh, it has a chance. Huh? Look at look at all these W's, man. It's gonna be tough. Oh God, yeah, like the results they've picked up recently. So let me just bear with me. So they beat they beat Lil in the last nineteen. In, Unbelievable. Yeah. Beat, sorry, they beat Edo Den Haag 5-0. They've beat Young Boys 2-0, Peck Swallow 2-0. Uh, Young Boys in the first leg 3-0. Like, they beat Groningen, Heronvane in the Dutch Cup semi-final. They drew with uh, PSV. 
and it's just like this run of form that is as sam said it's just unbelievable and i think <laughs> i'm starting to agree with you now maybe 70 30 not 50 50 maybe like <laughs> oh, no, 70 30 no, 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 that's too much that's too much that's too much would you say 65 35 55 55 45 60 40 i'll go no 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 if you want to if you want to give them an edge give them 55 but not more than that okay 55 45 i will say that i mean i don't think it's good recording after after a disappointing result (laughs) maybe tomorrow i'm gonna edit this episode i'm gonna be like listen man you were you were too hot-headed at the moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah it changes all the time (laughs) yeah it's like three days time when you see someone's back from fitness it could be 50 50 again it's just like yeah i i do agree it's like the men like us fans we can be quite hot-headed and rightly so we've just all three of us have just seen our team drew 2-2 away uh, at a side who we could have sh- really should have picked up three points but then if you sleep on it the next day you're thinking maybe it was a point earned and not two points dropped um who do you guys see for both of you as the key players for roma in this tie, Imran, I'll start with you. Key player, hmm. I think. Uh, and I, I, very true. He played uh, some part in today's game. I don't think he will be ready for ninety minutes, but he could have potentially been a very important player. I mean, to win the hmm. midfield battle. Otherwise, I think our defense. It's, it's it's difficult to single out one player, but if I say the defense has to be rock solid and uh, Mayoral has to continue to deliver in attack, um, yeah, Mayoral could be uh, if he keeps playing like he has done, he could be he could be important. But let's see if he plays or if Jeko will start. But I think Mayoral will be given a chance. Oh really? I thought I, I was thinking because he he did come off clutching his hand today. Um, do you do you actually do see Borja Mayoral starting ahead of Jacko, or do you think Fonseca will just go? I'm starting my best team. We need to win, get a result in Amsterdam to take back to Rome to win. Yeah, uh, you're right. When I think about it, you're right. Could be uh, a good starting. I think it's a sign that he only played like what seven, ten minutes today. Yeah, well, Verito. Oh, you're talking about Verito. I thought you were talking about Jacko. Um, oh, Jacko. Yeah, Jacko. Yeah, Jacko played, what, 10 minutes plus stoppage time? Um, Verito, was it 15 minutes? Something about that. Yeah, I think Verito, yeah. if he were fit, you know, I think he's a key player to not let the other teams break our line so easily, right? I think a player like him is, like, very important. And also, you know what I think about El Sharawi? He needs to show a little bit more, right? I know he scored a nice goal in the last... Europa League outing, but uh, he needs to start showing a little bit more consistency because at this point, I don't know, his participation in the Euros is debatable in my book. <laughs> he should have scored today, that one-on-one chance. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. If, that, if that was a confidence El Shari from 18 months ago when he was first, or his last stint at Roma, he would have buried that at the, the end of like that run he had in, was it 2018-19, where he was just on form. Now it mm. was it, it was lacking a bit of confidence. He could have hit it first time and lobbed consignly, 
but no, he tried to take it and then. But yeah, I'll, look, I'll look take what it happened. Blue Scott, because we were very lucky. The one Boga missed on the first. Oh my the, god! Yeah, half. we were very yeah, lucky. Yeah. I mean, also credit oh, to Paul yeah. Lopez. He had a couple of great saves, though. Yeah, yeah, very. Uh, he was probably last the match for me. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let's talk. Sa- we're talking about Ajax, though. Yeah, Sam. Do we have our guest? Yes, we have our guest ready. We talked about Ajax, and we've actually got an Ajax fan on the line. Uh, so, introducing Yohav. How are you, Yohav? And welcome to the Magic Cast. Hello, I'm uh, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Um, cool to uh, be invited. Looking I know the pleasure to, uh... pleasure is all ours. Um, Imran uh, messaged us probably two weeks ago, probably after the draw, saying I've got an Ajax fan who wants to talk about the Ajax Roma game. And uh, yeah, it's happy to have you on board. Um, what are your thoughts about the tie on Thursday in, in the Johan Cruyff Arena? I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be uh, uh, very exciting. It's uh, um, uh, it will be a match of yeah two teams which uh, um, are struggling um, on different levels uh, for different reasons. Uh, and um yeah are going to have to prove themselves uh, and for now i see it as a 50-50 chance uh, for both sides um I, I don't know if you want to go on but i can elaborate on why i think i yeah yeah go on is is struggling um uh, the problem with Ajax uh, this year has been the lack of competition within the competition the eredivisie has been uh, very weak. Uh, normally, there's uh, there's some competition from Feyenoord and uh, PSV, and once in a while from uh, AZ and Vitesse, and that has been lacking. Um, uh, which means that they've uh, they've only really had to prove themselves within uh, within the, the the European leagues, and um, yeah, it's always difficult. Uh, you can always you can say it might be an advantage. Uh, you know, you get some form of rest. Uh, but I can also see it as a disadvantage, as, as not being able to uh, to keep up the form that you have to uh, keep up. Um, and um, I also see two teams which are missing a couple of very important players uh, for the for the cam- uh, for the coming matchup, which uh, which uh, is potentially a a problem for both. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, like Roma are missing some key players. So we've got Jordan Veratus is coming back from an injury. Henrik Mkhitaryan is missing. Chris Chris Smalling has been non-existent in his second stint at Roma because he's got a knee problem and he was just in Barcelona getting that sorted out. Um, for you, who are the key players to watch out on the Ajax side? Yeah, that's the problem. I think uh, um, uh, the, 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 there are... Two, maybe three key players missing at this moment. Uh, okay. the, I think the ones that stick out most is uh, Daily Blind, uh, which just came back from his uh, yeah. uh, Dutch caps and um, came back with a very nasty ankle injury. Uh, so he's out for the season. Um, and Daily Blind, um, you can think what you want of him, but he is the personification of Ajax. Um, he's not the fastest. He is not the most technical, uh, but he knows the Ajax game. He has Ajax in his DNA. Um, and uh, um, that, that makes it uh, a, a, vital, a vital player for, uh, 
for this side. Uh, another player which uh, which is going to be missed is Onana, uh, the goalkeeper. Uh, really a man in form. I think one of the potentially one of the best goalkeepers within Europe. And he's sending hmm. out a doping uh, uh, penalty <laughs> for a year. So that will be a big miss. Yeah, we we talked about that last podcast. Uh, me and Imran and Sam were talking about how he was it a diuretic. Was it Imran? You said he took a diuretic, and he's now been done yeah, for twelve months. It That's was a diuretic, diuretic, and supposedly from his wife. If you yeah. believe it. <laughs> There's always a wife or a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, these are the kind of things which are a real pain. And um, Ajax has been plagued by a bit of amateurism also this year. Um, and one of these amateuristic things is this, uh, this doping uh, um, problem with, uh, with Onana. Another one is that they made a big key signing uh, during the winter with Sebastian Haller. And they failed to uh, to sign him up for the Europa League, uh, so he'll be missing out, um, which is which is also a big miss and a big mess up to be really 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 honest, um, and 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 that is I, I think those are the three key players which uh, which are missing uh, for the uh, coming matchup. Um, so, I have Joaf, I have a question. Um, it's a, about a former Roma player, the founds. Uh, to be in the starting position because of Onana's uh, suspension, right? Martin Stekelenburg. Yeah. Um, Martin Stekelenburg is a very reliable goalkeeper. Um, and he's one of those people. He um, he left Ajax quite a few years ago. He, uh, uh, he, he, made a, he made some stints in Roma. He made some stints in uh, Everton, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. elsewhere, and, and um, Fulham, and very Monaco. often, Fulham, yeah, exactly. And very often, he's not been first choice uh, goalkeeper at a lot of the clubs. On the other hand, this is this is the thing you see when these guys come back to Ajax. Um, it's it, it's there's Ajax is not only about um, it's it's about fitting in. Uh, you have something in your DNA, and these guys they fit in without any problems whatsoever. Uh, they have that game within them. Uh, we've seen that with Davy Klaassen, which we, uh, which we got back uh, last year again. Um, he failed at Everton. Uh, he did well at Werder Bremen uh, on a yeah, lower level uh, uh, of the Bundesliga, uh, to be really honest. Uh, but he's, he's, every week, uh, I, I, see, I see that you know, that Ajax spirit in him. And uh, Stekelenburg, um, he has that as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Stekelenburg will be going to the European Championships uh, because of the lack of good goalies at the moment. And he will get playtime uh, with Ajax. Because yeah, isn't the reserve keeper, is it Kel Sherpin? Is it Sherpin, the, the reserve keeper? The reserve keeper we have is uh, Shell Scherpen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's a young guy, potentially, potentially uh, a good goalkeeper, except there's been a lot of criticism from the very beginning in, um, in getting him, in that he is not an Ajax keeper. He is big, he is strong, uh, but he is not a football player. And uh, uh, yeah, that's something we've always liked to have. 
to have a goalkeeper which can play football, um, which likes to build up the game. And that is potentially or potentially a problem. And he's had a couple of chances, uh, and unfortunately, he's failed. Can so I, I don't can think I he's ask about to two it. players? Can I ask about two players in the midfield yeah. of like Ryan Gravenberch and Mohamed Kudus? I've seen Kudus yeah. is done exceptionally well in his first season and I know Ryan Graverbirch has got the potential to be a wonder kid if you play a simulated football game, i.e. football manager. Um what's your what's your thoughts on those two? Yeah, Mohamed Kudus um he has done excellent. Uh he was a new signing. Uh, he came over from a Danish side and he fit in from the very beginning. Um, he he was there and he fit in uh, right from the very beginning. Um, he got injured, uh, which uh, w- which was a setback for him. Uh, but he's finding his way back, and I see a lot of potential. Um, Ryan Gravenberg is, um, is 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 the pearl at this moment in the Dutch competition. Um, I think there's two potentially really great players at this moment in the Eredivisie. Um, and uh, Gravenberg is the one which is showing it every week. Um, they, nah, we see a huge, 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 huge future for him. Um, he has a lot of Pogba inside him uh, um, in the old days. Uh, let's put it that way. Not the, uh, um, yeah, uh, the luster and, yeah, uh, lackluster Pogba that we see nowadays uh, running around on midfield. Um, but he's, uh, I, I think, uh, I think he's, he's potentially uh, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the golden boys uh, in the coming years and one to really watch out for. Uh, Mohamed Kudus, uh, as you've said and pointed out, I think uh, uh, potential is absolutely there. Um, we have to see it on a more uh, continuous level, um, but uh, uh, certainly, absolutely good signing, I think. Yeah, he's like, I've seen some clips of him online, and he's like, that seems like an excellent purchase and one definitely for not not for this season and for the future, along with Ryan Gravenberch in the, in the centre of midfield. Um, I have two more questions. Um, Anthony yes. from the striker from Sao Paulo, would he replace Sebastian Haller up front or would he play off to the right as he has been doing this season or would it be yes. like Dusan Tadic as the false nine? I think the front line will uh, will consist of uh, Anthony on uh, on the right, uh, David Neres probably on the left and mm-hmm. with Tadic as the central striker uh, with right behind him uh, David Clarsen to uh, uh, to yeah to pick up uh, loose balls. He's uh, excellent at that. <laughs> He's actually it come leaps and bounds. Where he did really well for Werder Bremen last season. I think he may have scored the the goal that kept them in the Bundesliga. Um, and finally, do you have a score prediction for um, for Thursday? Um, I find that difficult. Um, I'm, <laughs> I yeah. I hope I hope they can keep things uh, uh, shut down in the back. Uh, that will be the biggest problem um, uh, right now, uh, with uh, without Blint uh, orchestrating everything. Um, and I'm hoping for a two-one for the for Ajax. Yeah, I have a question. Um, it's 
more like two questions into one. Um, if you had to summarize uh, this year's Ajax, strengths and weaknesses, uh, what would they be? If, excuse me, could you repeat that? If you had to summarize Ajax's uh, strengths and weaknesses this season, because we know it's not the same Ajax, Ajax as a couple seasons ago, what would they be? Yeah. I think the strength is that uh, they've shown that they've been able to adapt despite losing some uh, uh, some key players. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, that's a strength, and really replacing them with um, with with players which which are not there just to 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 cover the the the, the wound, uh, but actually. Um, Create something extra uh, potentially. Uh, I think that's the. Uh, uh, I think that's the the, the key strength. Uh, the weakness I think has been the lack of um, uh, yeah the, the fact that they haven't um, had to play on a high level uh, um, in the Eredivisie. I think that is a huge, huge, huge weakness um, um, and uh, the fact that they are um, yeah uh, ha at least that they've made a couple of amateuristic mistakes with Sebastian Haller with Onana and uh, there's a couple of uh, the, the, the losing of Brian Brobby uh, for example somebody we, yeah. we haven't talked about but that I mean those are amateuristic mistakes don't worry Roma have made um Amateur mistakes this season of administrative Roma errors. Fans know about those. Uh, Roma fans, uh, what I hope Roma doesn't know um, uh, is uh, uh, is that yeah, um, Blint is so important. It's not because of his defensive qualities. It's not because of uh, how uh, because he he is slow. He is not the fastest person, he's not the most technical person, um, but he sets up the game so well, and he sees the game so well, um, and uh, I think um, I think that there are chances on the counter through the middle, uh, to be really honest, so I hope that Roma doesn't see that. <laughs> yeah, we should hand this over to Fonseca. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. This is yeah. this is great. Great, uh, yeah. great analysis of Ajax. This was awesome. I uh, yeah. I, I hope it was uh, something you could do something with, and uh, hope it was interesting. Cool that uh, you invited me. Thank you very much. Great insight on Ajax. This is going to be an interesting game on Thursday. Um, should we wrap this up, guys? We've been going on yeah. for quite a long yeah. time. Yeah, there, there, are, there are some other topics, some other news that they're having going around, but I, we have plenty of weeks to discuss those. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll leave Until those for, for later. So, guys, where can we find you on the on the social media, uh, Imran? Il Capitano on Twitter still. Still, and um, Sam. Samuel Rubio ninety nine. I'm not very active, but uh, I know I go in there a little bit to find my news. You know, my my Spanish site is very active. So if you speak Spanish, follow me on Planeta Roma. It's like the biggest uh, news site for Roma news in in Espanol. So that's great. I was going to mention this. Didn't you just have a hundredth episode come out? A hundred and 
first episode came out on my the 101st yeah, yeah we listen that podcast has grown incredible because you know yeah. one of the hardest thing about podcasting is to keep the consistency right um my i i record weekly like literally weekly so we our, our community has increased unbelievable you know we're in the thousands of downloads it's really unbelievable and i'm really happy and the community that we've created it's unbelievable we're great it's a lot of romanists in latin america more than i thought yeah it's great online what's yeah, that oh, also, uh, go on, I, was, I was gonna say something but i was gonna say i was gonna confirm that the fact that you created a lot of romanists yeah i remember i went to roman liverpool and um uh, in Rome for the semi-final and I saw a guy with big who, uh, Roma Club Cuba I was like yeah this the, is, this the is president of time. Roma Club Cuba is, is a friend of mine yeah. oh, wow. it could have been him I don't know but there was a guy who had Roma Club Cuba and I was like this guy sounds guy yeah the community is big well, over well there done. it's like you know we, in Europe they, they don't see it very much they don't think there are many Romanisti over there we're, there, we're a ton of ton of them over there yeah, which is I great. Think, you I know, think the in, fact in, engage in that, my goal is in just engage with all of them, all of them, and talk yeah, Roma. That, you know, I think that's the most important thing when you create uh, Spanish platform for Roma fans. They will have, you know, they will have a platform where they can engage, where they can talk Roma. It will make the interest grow. And you know, I, I was involved in the same thing with the Norwegian um, Roma. We started out as a website, and then later as an f- official supporters club. And I think we were very early there. It was first 18 Milan in Norway and then Roma. And we were very early there. And we probably, I mean, by numbers, we're the second most famous in terms of... Maybe we should start finding some of those, uh, some of these uh, group uh, managers and start having them on and and hearing their stories. That would be interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll look into that for the future. Thank you so much, Scott, for having us on. No, that's not a problem. I was just going to mention I was with the Roma Club Norway guys for Totti's last for Totti Day for in in 2017, and it's a great bunch of lads out there. It was really good to connect and speak to them. It was really good. Um, Yeah, it was really fun. Um, You can follow me uh, at Twitter at Scott underscore Monroe. You can follow the Magicast at the Magicast, and you can fo- find us on all the the, the platforms, uh, the SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, uh, the podcast apps like Apple uh, Podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Um, thank platforms. you, guys. Sorry, Sam. The major podcasting platforms. The major pla- uh, podcasting yeah. platforms. <laughs> Always is a tongue twister right at the right? end. <laughs> and for me, all thank the time. you, guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining me um, on this Thank you. on on Saturday after an hour after it's going to be two hours after the game an hour we almost started. Um, thank you guys and always for Saroma. For Saroma, ciao, ciao. ciao.